Roar! In honor of 65, which Sony is already rebranding as 65 million years ago. Really? I don't know if you've seen this. No. But 65, not sticking as a title. 65 million years ago. Getting a little closer to the point. Uh, what's a quality, not Jurassic Park, moment of cinematic dinosaur mayhem? We couldn't figure out a word for that. Uh, I'm Katie Rich, and I was thinking about the moment in uh, Land Before Time where Sarah is like trying to prove how tough she is and roaring and like roaring into the uh, into the rock, and then like some real dinosaurs show up. That's all. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I don't have a specific moment, but I want to go with every pre hysteria movies, which I watched as a kid over and over again. These direct to video. Little dinosaurs? They were... I don't even know why they were little. This, Someone on this my, does not ring a bell to me at all. No? Google search pre-hysteria exclamation wow, point, yeah, they're totally... There were two and threes. The third one has a girl. The girls are allowed to like dinosaurs also by the third installment. But, these are uh, yeah, absolutely they discovered like dinosaurs right... in the backyard or something. I should have watched these. maybe like a museum? Maybe I did watch I these. Like, these are definitely in rotation. There was a lot of home. dinosaur content. Uh, just little dinos. I mean, the first one came out like basically simultaneously with Jurassic Park. So, like, wonder what made dinosaurs just like they were back everywhere. They were in the news. They were finding fossils and making movies. <laughs> Denver, the last dinosaur. Area. I remember that one. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain, and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good. Then, well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine, and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello, and welcome to Fighting in the War Room. It's episode 424.6. Sure. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's Pandemic 161. It's the week of Wednesday, March 8th. That's the day that in 2014, that Malaysian plane disappeared. Oh. CNN talked about I mean, that was like pre- I don't think they ever solved it. Pre-Trump, right? like- uh, conspiracy theory, cable news, mayhem, right? Uh, I mean, we we wrote eight hundred stories at Esquire. Did you, this, including there was a cover story I think for Esquire about the Malaysian plane, where I was like reading it. I could say this now, and I'm just like, there's no information in this. How yeah. are we writing three, four thousand words on the Malaysian plane disappearance? Well, that was and have a crazy nothing thing. to advance the story. They just Everyone never wants found to talk it. about it, but there's nothing to say. Yeah, exactly. It's well, really... they don't find a lot of things. They don't find the heart of the ocean or <laughs> when they drop it they, into the ocean. They found the heart of the ocean and then she dropped it back in the ocean. I gotta say, not to bring it back to Titanic We're again always talking for about like Titanic. the eighth week in a row, but like she drops it in the ocean at the end of the movie. They just should go get it. They don't just know that she dropped it. She you dies. have a submarine. She dies immediately after. Right, but so I mean, she's the, somebody, dead nobody and they knows. Find it, so. Nobody oh, knows that she dropped what? it. I'm getting confused with the alternate ending oh. where she very obviously <laughs> drops it in front of them. And well, they're all like, oh, no. In the alternate ending, though, doesn't he learn, like, it's not about he diamonds. Does. It's about people. She calls him out. It's about the friends we yeah. made along the way, not about the She's like, world. the things that make you rich are not necessarily expensive jewelry. I have seen that Stop. scene once, and I choose not to watch it again because oh, uh, I care about this movie Quite too bad. much. Um, if you haven't been able to tell yet, it's just me and Patches today. Uh, we're, down, we're down our Davids. And we're uh, we're figuring yeah, it out. We, we should I admit our, why we struggled? This is the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> no, actually. It, it is a very weird not. time to end it. It is not. Oh, sorry, we're we're hobbling through David's paternity leave and Dave being sick, and the Oscars are next week, so we're not getting to anything next week. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm going to be asleep, uh, and we don't know if we have any emails, but we do have reviews. 
Yeah, we are. We did get two reviews in the last week. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll be stepping in to read those. We'll see, what, first we'll one, see what kind of uh, uh, rants we I get next words. time. Uh, yeah, the best part about this podcast is my baby has also been homesick, and I'm just completely out of my mind. So, I'm, And I'm drinking sake, and I'm feeling good. I'm like having a little party over here in my corner. <laughs> I'm ready to read reviews. Uh, this one's from OzTots88. Just can't get enough. Five stars. I love these four, uh, too. They make me miss my college friends and staying up late to discuss the ins and outs of whatever movie or show we had just gobbled up. If you want to hear intelligent but honest discussion about pop culture, this is the pod for you. Hey, that's just a great endorsement. Yeah. Put on our posters. That's great. Uh, hopefully, the, love, uh, just, love being the two, uh, just being two of us doesn't make them uh, unsubscribe. I will say, when I queue up a podcast and one of the hosts is missing, it's a tough one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to listen to it. Like, is it the funny ones or the ones I disagree with? I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. I think this episode is going to be pretty good. Though. I think it's going to be great. Five stars. I'm, I'm, giving it, I'm giving it five stars. I'm not going to interrupt you. It's hard once. to interrupt. It's harder to interrupt when it's only two people. Thank God. I'm going to try. Did you say we have another one? Uh, we do. We have one more. It's from uh, good740155. That sounds like AI. It's ChatGBT <laughs> finally reviewing uh, Fighting of the Worm. Uh, love the numbering. Oh, that's great. Oh. Uh, five stars. Oh. I've listened to Fighting the Worm for years and have become very fond of all the hosts and their dynamic together. Katie asked in the last episode if anyone cares about the numbering system, <laughs> and I'm here to say I'm at least one listener who does. Okay. I feel like especially keeping the pandemic numbers makes me feel like there are other people out there who... Uh, uh, this got chopped off is oh no I, is it possible i can't read the whole review other people out there reason? who are idiots no i'm sure that's not how that does this say. work uh well we'll see if i can find the rest of this review before the end of the show <laughs> if i can i'll read it at the end this is not my job man uh i like that someone likes a number because i feel like if no one had written in anything we might have gotten rid of it but as long as one person's getting something out of it like it's not hurting anything no let's stick with uh, it yeah, it's it's for the fans. Yeah. Hashtag fans. Hashtag for the fans. Uh, That's our review segment. Uh, one and a half reviews. Well, read, you can uh, successfully. You can leave us a review on uh, the iTunes store, or you can email us at <laughs> fightingtheworm at gmail dot com. We think. <laughs> Katie doesn't even know. <laughs> you didn't know either. I didn't have to say it. Oh God, Dave! Please come back. Listen to last week's episode and figure out what the email is and email us there. Uh, I'm seeing we it's it's a fit, fitword.podcast at gmail.com. That sounds right. Dot podcast. Wow. I'm just looking at what's mess. what's been in the notes. Uh, no, let's just establish this. Nothing in this episode is canon. Okay. <laughs> this is Elseworlds. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not canceling the podcast. Let's just be no, clear about that. It'll be back next week. Uh, yeah. No matter what you try over the course of this episode. <laughs> Right, so the Oscars are on Sunday, as oh, you might have heard. Uh, I am not a normal person, so I've been thinking about the Oscars for months, like literal months since last year's Oscars ended. Uh, but most people are normal people, and probably this week are like, oh, I guess the Oscars are happening again. And uh, possibly they thought about that because Chris Rock had a special on Saturday talking oh, wow. about last year's Oscars, um, which you may recall he played a, a prominent role in. And I think a lot of people, I did not watch the special, but I was kind of watching people watching it on Twitter being like, dude, when are you going to talk about the slap? When are you going to talk about the slap? And 
he kind of came out and talked about the slap, but in a way that kind of made it clear that there's nothing really to say about the slap. Like, it was an event that everybody watched happen. We've kind of processed it and moved on. And my feeling had been that, like, we are also over the slap. Like, nobody wants to talk about it anymore. Will Smith, like, had a whole movie come and go. Uh, we are we are moving on from emancipation. it. Emancipation. Yeah, emancipation, which uh, he won, I think, uh, um, an NAACP, NAACP Image Award for. Um, you know, it didn't not oh, wow. exist. Um, but the way, you know, we're watching, like, search traffic around the Oscars, what people are paying attention to. But it, And it seems like people want to keep reading about the slap. Like, there is interest. There's, like, organic audience interest in the slap. And I cannot figure out why, but I don't know if that's because I am in my like awards bubble and we've already like thought about it so that by like the week after the Oscars happened, we were done. So Patches, I ask you, do you care about the slap anymore? I, a and B, I, why do people care? I definitely find this topic fascinating because okay. I was surprised to see this wasn't last week. This was two weeks ago. Now, Will Smith go on TikTok. Oh, right. And make a joke, make a joke about, about the slap. Well, he made a joke he about made... his Oscar, right? Well, it's a joke about the slap because yeah, yeah. It's, he was um, doing a duet on TikTok with someone who was like, hey, let me tell you a little trick. You can have a conversation with an inanimate object. And if you ask it any question, it will tell you the answer because your subconscious will blurt out what it really thinks first about of all it's you. like one you'll, of the most insane things we've ever, and like i don't use tiktok very much but it's like yeah, that no. what tiktok is that is what tiktok, tiktok is like hey i have a secret about living your life and here's something i do while i'm on the toilet wow. um so this person was like you could pick up yeah roll the toilet paper and be like who am i and then it would tell you because your subconscious will blurt out an answer in the head without thinking sure of course um so the duet here is, is will smith the gag is he what like what are your objects in your in your home really thinking about you? So he picks up the Oscar. He does, and we all know what the Oscar's thinking too. You slapped a guy <laughs> and then you accepted the Oscar, <laughs> and then made the speech kind of about the slap part. Yeah, and being a responsible person. Um, I don't so think I can ever rewatch was, that speech. Like it, I, it's like so raw. I don't think I can rewatch it. I mean, it's Maybe fascinating too. But what what was interesting about the the TikTok is not like anything about the slap. It's about why is Will Smith bringing up the slap? Why why are we still talk? Why are it, no one is talking about the slap except for people involved? Will Smith is talking about the slap. Chris Rock is relitigating the slap one year later because that's how you get people to watch the special, right? Like sure, the special exists. Everyone's been waiting the week to before hear the Oscars Chris Rock talk because about it's. It. It's time to celebrate the anniversary of the slap. Yeah. Um, but, so but the people keeping no, this going are the people involved. It. That's the crazy thing. But it's still psychically damaging. It's still yeah. so extraordinary that Will Smith, part actor, part social influencer, yeah. can't quit the slap. The slap is now a defining moment on the Will Smith timeline where he, as a content mm -hmm. creator, someone who has to just ch churn out stuff like you and I. But does he churn stuff podcast. out? Like, isn't he a pretty infrequent poster? I mean, he was more frequent before sure. the slap, and he had to go into his hole, and sure. now he's re-emerging and has to goof on it until he can go back to normal. So he still needs to create stuff. If he's going to get his TikTok and his YouTube channel back up and running, he needs to God, that's stuff a depressing way to talk still... about someone who's like a real movie star. But he's pivoting to being what real celebrity is, which is online and uh, not movie famous. Uh, I mean, he can't open Emancipation. 
Well, but Emancipation was an Apple movie. Like it didn't. It wasn't. It was not. To no be one talked about it though. But is it? Isn't he? It making... did. It did have to open. It had to make a splash. I mean, Emancipation is a very, very strange outlier. I feel like because like it is a very grim movie that isn't really anything <laughs> in like the Will Smith like wheelhouse of what people would want to go see a movie. For. Like if he had not opened Bad Boys Four. That would be a real problem. I don't know that Emancipation is teaching us anything about what Will Smith is as well, a movie as star right Chris now. Chris Rock said in his special the other day he watched Emancipation just so he could watch Will Smith get whipped. Um, oh, quite a gag. Quite a joke. Uh, yeah, that's quite something. Uh, but yeah, to, I mean, get to your point, like, what fascinates people about the slap? I, I guess I was thinking about this after Will Smith posted on TikTok. Yes, it's part of the content creator economy he has to confront it for clicks essentially uh but people will always gawk because it is so extraordinary has sure any like what has happened like this it will no it, it, you could say the slap and 20 years from now and we'll still be thinking about I know. that and, I, and I, i'm sure i said this like at the time like as someone who cares about the oscars very deeply i'm always glad when anyone is talking about the oscars but it's sucked that this was the context it, like it, in some ways proved that the oscars are still a relevant thing because if it had happened at any other like live event it would not have been as extraordinary but it's a bummer that that is like the thing about the oscars that would have had a star of this magnitude. No, well, it could have happened at the MTV Movie Awards. Like, you know, like, no, it couldn't. Yes, it could have. No one, no, because who, like, Dak Shepard would no, have. No, you don't think Will Smith has been someone? to the MTV Movie Awards before? Yes, back in the day when that was relevant. I mean, there are, like, lo- it could have happened at the Golden Globes, like, somewhere, like, not as important as the Oscars. It was the fact that it was the Oscars and that Will Smith is about to win. It could have happened at the Golden Globes, but that's such a drunken mess that you would almost expect <laughs> No one's like been slapped before at the Golden Globes. That was an Oscar. I mean, if it happened event. at the Kids' Choice Awards and, like, <laughs> last week when uh, Optimus Prime was honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award. I don't know if you're Did the on, Kids the, Choice on the Awards, awards just beat, if you knew this. Yes, this just happened. <laughs> Adam Sandler and Optimus Prime were given Lifetime Achievement Awards. You missed this? <laughs> This is uh, important news. Yeah, uh, sorry, indie spirits, you were completely eclipsed. Hang on, I'm going to do some back of the envelope math real quick. All right, what are you? I want you, you to guess here? how okay. many kids' choice awards does Will Smith have? Oh, that's interesting. Um, probably pretty high. I will say, what's amazing if you look up the kids' choice awards. Okay, one is an year, honorary award. It appears. Oh no, sorry. Wow. Okay. You know what? I cannot actually tell if this was an honor. It, at least one is an honorary award. I'm not. Okay. I'm not well, totally sure how me, to make sense. Give me a little wiggle room here. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say. Well, let's 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 go through the the big year. ID four. I mean, the the Kids Choice Awards have been happening long enough that Whitney Houston, uh, hosted the Kids Choice Awards multiple times. Yeah. Um. If memory serves me, so his wow his, his heyday his heyday would be represented here. Yeah, his first Day, nomination Men came before the Fresh Prince of Air, of Bel Air premiered. That is wild. Wow. Yeah, he was so, he was nominated alongside DJ Jazzy Jeff. I'm not oh, right, I'm not doing he, nominations, oh. but he he didn't win. He did not win for that one. So like that's a sure, but he could be nominated for music. <sighs> Let's like, see. Like Miami he, could be winning a Kids Choice he, Award. He won for music. One of his wins is for a song. That is true. Okay, that's great. Um, I'm gonna say six. He has eight Kids Choice Awards, Ooh. eight blooms, and it's a lot eight of blimps. it's a lot that you're not expecting. So he won for for Fresh Prince. Uh, okay. 
Oh, he did. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. So he won for but he would have won for Independence. Day. He was nominated for Independence Day, but he also w- was a Hall of Fame winner that same year. So I don't know if like he won like a big a Hall of Fame winner. I mean, by, by, the by, time ni- by, ni- he's by 1997, Day. like yeah. Uh, then he won for Men in Black. He won for Song for Wild Wild West, which feels like a real like makeup win I mean, for the Men in Black song. Like, I was definitely white man dancing to that song yeah. at swim meets <laughs> uh, he won a wannabe award in 2003 wow which I'm guessing means Whatever like that like who kids want to be not like he's oh, a wannabe because sure. that doesn't he's make an any, idol I guess so uh, he won favorite voice from an animated movie for a shark tale uh, he won oh, favorite Martin movie Scorsese? actor was for, he nominated as well or? Uh, he won favorite movie actor for Hitch a movie kids love obviously uh, uh, he won favorite movie actor for Hancock and that was his last one the one where he plays a drunk superhero he was nominated for a kids choice award he sure was good. and won good uh, I've never seen that one this year I, I mean I find the kids choice awards very illuminating because they tell you what a- actual young people like like the Stranger Things cast, very popular. Um, Dove Cameron, do you know who Dove Cameron is, Katie? Yes, I know she's like a very like who wis- is wispy Cameron? blonde white girl. Okay, okay. Was she a Disney of. kid? Why? Yes. Why is she popular? Though? I don't what know. What is she on? I don't know. Really? No. Okay. I don't know. That she's on the Descendants series. Oh. But now, the twist is that this year she she wore, uh, won a Kids Choice Award for the breakthrough. Or breakout music star, so she's pivoting. Oh. She was kind of like a Broadway kid who got Descendants and rose to Disney stardom fame, and now she's pivoting back to music. Like, uh, wow, The Rock huge. won huge, two Kids Choice Awards. The, that is that. <laughs> I, I, I there. I'm calling voter fraud on that. The Rock wins for Tet Adam yeah. and DC Super Pets. Come on. Kids like, do not care. Is he supposed to win? He's, like Tom Cruise supposed to win? Like I, I guess maybe Jim Carrey should have won for Sonic the Hedgehog two. Sonic the Hedgehog two, best film of the year. I'm None of these movies seem like especially the fact that Javier Bardem was not nominated for Lila Crocodile means this is all, all right, horseshit. Jesus, this is your. The, I mean, that thing. Uh, he's winning the Kids Choice the Award in my part of this house. conversation is that it started with the slap. And got to the Kids Choice Award. How did I get to here? I was thinking about like sliming or something. That, like if someone got slapped at the Kids Choice Award, that would be that would be pretty haunting. It would be um, pretty haunting. But w- the reason we're talking about the slaps though is like. The psychic energy in that moment was so, I mean, we thought it was a goof. We didn't, no one know what, there was like five minutes of everyone died. Everyone in the whole world like mm-hmm. collapsed and didn't know like what, when the lights went back on and everyone lived again, it was like 28 days later or something. <laughs> we were just like looking into empty streets, not knowing what the world was like. Um, I Yeah, I, I. Why are we still talking about it? No one is, and yet we can't escape and, it. Well, that's the it thing. It is like, the Oscars. I think that it is. It makes sense for it to loom large, but there is still nothing to say about it. And I think that's okay. Like, I don't think there's, like, discourse to be had about the slap. Like, there was plenty of it the week after, and I'll nobody really ever landed anywhere other than, like, he probably shouldn't have slapped him. But People like, shouldn't slap each other. Yeah. Well, now we're, at a, now we're at the point in the discourse phase where I've seen Chris Rock deserve to be slapped. Like we're we're there with trying to figure out what to say about. Oh, a slap. I mean, are you, would you say he deserves to be slapped? You don't believe in I'm free speech, to, Matt Hodges? Oh, I, I see. I, I You're don't. saying that someone could be arguing, oh, he deserved to be slapped. Well, because Chris Rock was like mouthing off. Well, I mean, that was that Had was Jada in his mouth. That was a like say. theme, like kind of immediately after people being like, black women are disrespected throughout culture, like. 
this is someone like standing up for black women in public for once. Like I saw that response. I don't know. It's that all, It all seems valid. I don't know. I don't again, like we discoursed our way through the slap and it's still, and we never got like anywhere. Everything was in and everything was out. Like nothing made sense. Yeah. And, and a man slapped another man. It's well, really it's, that simple. It's kind of like the moonlight La La Land thing too, which was like the other craziest thing that ever happened at the Oscars where it was like, yeah, that was weird. Like, it didn't teach us anything. We didn't learn anything from that mix-up other than, like, to hire better accountants to hold onto the envelopes. Uh, but you that keep talking about it because it was... Goof, but that, yeah, that was... I mean, that was... This is an that act was of violence. way more fun. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, and the slap was not fun. Um, but it I was... I will say, the slap has fully eclipsed. We'll never talk about Rob Lowe and Snow White ever again. <laughs> and so Rob Lowe is probably the only person who's like, I'm so glad the slap happened. Let's keep it going every year. Talk uh, about it. Um, there's a great... Are we talking about it? Oh, sorry. There's a great chapter in the book Oscar Wars that just came out about the Rob Lowe uh, Snow White thing and like the um, kind of like impresario producer whose idea it was. Uh, it's a good read. Go go read that book. Does not apply. I, did not, I had nothing to do with it. Like, I just think it's a good book. Uh, to, to wrap this up, there will. I mean, we're talking about the slap because the Oscars are about to happen again. And there will be a slap. Of course. Jimmy Kimmel joke. will reference the slap. Someone's going to say a slap thing and we're all going to be like, ha ha, the slap. I hope it's it is a, only Jimmy now. Kimmel. I hope that anyone who wins or anything else that like it can be. Don't it, slap me. It is the elephant in the room to acknowledge. I mean, the other thing you talk about Rob Lowe, like remember how last year they cut all those categories off the live broadcast and that's what everyone was mad about. And then uh, everyone forgot about that. So uh, the Oscar producers are probably grateful for that, too. Uh, okay. I just yeah, I just hope everyone moves on. Like it's so last year's Oscars got marred by the slap. The Oscars before were the train station COVID Oscars. It's been Three years since we had normal ass Oscars since before the pandemic. And like, I would just like for these to be normal. That's all. But normal. I mean, here's the thing with the slap. A lot of people watched the Oscars last year. Well, the ratings, the ratings were up, up, but like kind, but like not because of the slap, like the slap happened late. And like it, people talked about the Oscars, but I don't know that it like boosted the ratings. But like, who well, cares? Yeah. Well, do you think the slap helps the Oscars this year? I don't know. That is some galaxy brain shit. I mean, I think that will be like. I think that will be the take because also like Top Gun is nominated, Avatar is nominated. Like there are movies that like were very popular that are nominated. I kind of think the Oscar ratings are just going to continue to go down no matter what, because like that's what award sure. shows are now. And like it doesn't matter. And like the less time we spend thinking about it, the better. Um, but I'm sure there will be a lot of galaxy branding about the slap uh, if the ratings do go up this year. Just to clarify and truly wrap up, Will Smith is banned from the Oscars. Yeah, he will not be right? there. Yeah. He cannot sh show up and be like, ha ha ha. That would be so crazy that would be crazy if he did that okay he can't um, do that but there is a fun parlor game of who will present best actress because you know it's traditionally the best actor winner from the year before and will smith cannot be there make a call um my proposal which is not really answering your question but so ariana debose is supposed to present best supporting actor oh, Christ almighty um well defend ariana um anyway so she's supposed <laughs> to defend, present best supporting actor but i think they should switch her to best actress and have uh, Harrison Ford presents Best Supporting Actor because Kihu Kwan's going to win. That's that's what I propose. Oh. I like it when people who are friends present, like when they had They're Samuel. Not friends though. Well, but like they have a they've seen they each other. They have a movie. Yeah, connection. I think it, that is the, that is an connection. emotional connection that people would want to see. Sure. Um, like when Spike Lee was going to like very heavily, you know, predicted to win for Black Klansman, they had Samuel L. Jackson present it so that like Spike Lee jumped into his arms when he got on the stage. It's an amazing moment. It's a gamble because like, you don't know, but uh, I think that's a gamble we're yeah, taking in say, this case. Yeah, I was who presented to Chadwick Boseman when uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, That was Joaquin won. Phoenix because uh, oh, okay. that was just your tradition. But like just Harrison Ford you. presented the year that um, 
Shakespeare and Love one because they thought it was going to be Saving Private Ryan. So, like, it doesn't always work. Awesome. But I think in this case, Kihui Kwan is going to win and they should just do that. See, we'll see. Oscar time. It's coming up. It's fun. Slap, slap, slap. <laughs> Tonight's mini segment. I was worried, Katie, because we we actually were gonna play. We played a game with each other. We we each came with a we mystery came, reckless segment, game and of I was, chicken. I was like, I wonder if we'll pick the same thing. Mine is also also Oscar theme. Okay. Uh, and this it'll be a bit more of a of, of a mini. Um, because I, I I don't have any rules here, but it's I've gamified it. Oh boy. Okay, Katie. I am also thinking about last year's Oscars and how much has happened since then. Um, last year, Coda one best picture mm-hmm. a movie that i'm still asking people if they've seen it and they're like what are you talking about <laughs> what is that <laughs> um but most people would like it that's we the like weird it. thing like it's not like um like if the power like of the dog it. had one i would have been like yeah i get it like you, that's the not gonna be for everybody dog. but like coda is a movie that everyone you know would like if they would watch it uh can you name the 10 wait are there 10 one two <laughs> three so four, me. i think five, it was nine six, last seven, year eight, nine no there's 10 10 last there's year 10 Best Picture nominees from last year. Can you name them? Oh, God. This is such a mean thing to do this to is, me. This was just last I year. I know. This, well, this was, is my problem. Remember, you spend all year talking I about know. the Oscars, and you love the Oscars and all the movies, blah, blah, blah. I know that I have said this on air before, but like I spend all this time obsessing over the Oscars, <laughs> and then the minute the Oscars are over, it is just gone. And then yes, like over yes. time, this it comes back. Like I can remember the 2012 lineup pretty well because I've thought about it for more time, you know, like it is, it is occupied my brain for longer. And I did this. So yes. sometimes if I'm like driving, um, you know, we like coming back from a trip and everyone else is asleep and I'm trying to keep myself awake, I'll be like, all right, how far back can you name the best actor winners? And I'll like kind of quiz myself. And I did this for last year's movies. And there was one that I could not remember if it got nominated and I had to look it up by the, when I got home. So I know that Nightmare Alley is on there because I had to look it up the last time I did this to myself. <laughs> okay. Coda, uh, Power of the Dog, Belfast, King Richard, Don't Look Up, Dune. I just said Nightmare Alley. So then I got three more. Yeah. Okay. Now I got to start going. You said Power of the Dog. You said Coda. Uh-huh. West Side Story. Um, yes. Wow, that was just last year. Licorice Holy Pizza. Cow. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Drive My Car. What's that last? There you go. Hey. <laughs> okay, that was actually Wait, better than Bel- I thought I was going to do. You said Belfast? Did yeah, I said Belfast. Belfast? If okay. I can go by who won, I can get, like, I can't remember the lineup. I can be like, okay, Best Actress Will Smith. I was getting Richard. Like, and, like, I knew that Best Actress didn't have any Best Picture nominees, and you can kind of piece it together from there. Can you name the actors this Ye- year? Lot from this past year. From la- this past yeah, year. Will yeah, Will Smith, Jessica... Or not all of them, but, like, the winners. <laughs> Will Smith, Jessica Chastain, Ariana DeBose, and uh, Troy Kotzer. Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I did this with Best Actress. That so was, movie exists. I know. I mean, that like, I recognize that for many people. I mean, the 2020 year, like, you look at those nominees, it is crazy how many of those movies don't exist anymore. Oh. Uh, uh, wait, do you know what one best animated feature from last year? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, what would the movies that were eligible have been? Oh, Encanto. Yeah, okay. come on. Okay. It was a I've hit seen, single. I've seen that movie a busquillion times. A movie that doesn't seem like it really like cracked 
Mm. I don't know if that's a classic that people are going to be watching forever, but the music. I think it will the be. Album. Um, I see Encanto costumes. Like I see girls dressed as Mirabelle in like various oh, kid so environments. Sweet. And they did that live from the Hollywood Bowl concert. Did you watch that? I did. Uh, it's really good. Of course. I thought it was great. They, uh, they've done Encanto and they, they did um, Coco. Which is also oh right, and we haven't watched we, that. We I watch those movies all. Time. We watched yeah. Coco so much when Charlie was really little, like two and three, and like I have not been able to get him to watch it in years, and I can't get Sam to watch it, and it drives me crazy because I know that Sam would like it, and like, you know, I just got to keep working on it. I'm I'm wondering how deep you can go. Do you remember which movie <laughs> won best costume design L- last, last year? year? Yeah. Dune what would the movies be that was were it in Dune? Attention? Dune won visual effects, it won uh, film it won editing, cinematography, sound, production design, score. Dune swept, but not costumes. Mm. There was something more fashionable. Oh, so it wasn't West Side Story. That was in the mix. Something but didn't more win. fashionable. Oh, Cruella. Fashion it was Cruella. Driven. Yes, Cruella. Yeah, I wrote a story about oh Cruella. Oh my god. This is I that do a lot movie. of interviews with the craftspeople, and I think that helps sure. it stick in my brain. I did try to do this with Best Actress, and I could not remember the, like, 2012 to 2015 run of Best Actress winners, and it was driving me crazy, and, like, I just had them all, like, way out of order. I don't think that's an interesting you, for anybody else. Do you know the Best Original Screenplay winner? That's, like, from last year? Ball. Yeah. Oh, that's Belfast. That's how I, get, that's how I yeah, remember that, that it was in the Best Picture lineup. Wow. Uh, yeah, hang on. Okay, so screenplays were Belfast, and... um. Yeah, what was the adapted? Oh, actually, that's a good question. Coda one adapted because that was yep, Sean Hader. Coda one adapted. Um, it is based on a French film. Who won score last year? Oh, Hans Zimmer won score because he was like accepting in a bathrobe in um like Denmark or something. <laughs> um, song was Billie Eilish. It was D- yeah for No Time to Die. That Dune won production too. design. You said and cinematography yep, and sound and visual I'm sure effects. You could guess makeup and hair. Based on what you know. Oh, Tammy Faye won makeup and hair. Yes. Oh, for um, and, and I think Chastain thanked them in her speech for. Well, they weren't. Um, they weren't in the oh, television ceremony. The they stage. were in those awards. Yeah, that's when Riz Ahmed oh, won for live action short oh, last Lord. year. Um, God, right. I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to do the other shorts. No. The trick. Do you know what one documentary? Documentary was pretty. Documentary last year. Hmm. I don't know. He's a very famous person. Oh. Who directed the film and won. Huh. And he is not. A, oh, Questlove. It was Questlove. It, that's the film. award that yes. was handed out immediately after the slap. Chris Rock was presenting to Questlove. Oh, my God. So part of me wonders if, like, Questlove, because Questlove's announced on the, like, list of um, Oscar presenters, and I wonder if they're going to, like, give him his moment over because, like, no one paid attention to his speech, which sucks. Oh boy, what a ceremony! I wonder yes. if this well, if this was interesting for people to the listen. The true winner, to. the true winner is you because I you know. remember something that happened one year ago. I know. Congrats. I mean, ask me in three months what got nominated for best picture this year, and I will have no earthly idea. I will.
to wrap up tonight, we're going to talk about a big movie that apparently, I guess, overperformed in yeah. true Rocky spirit. Uh, <laughs> the underdog. I don't, it doesn't seem like it would have been an underdog thing, but I, I guess think it was expected to succeed, like to like be the number one movie. Yeah. But like sixty million dollars is the biggest sports movie opening ever. That is hard to believe. Right? Um, yeah, and it's made $101 million around the world so far. It's Creed 3. We're talking about Creed 3, which happens to uh, Michael B. Jordan of, I don't know, Fantastic Four fame. That's rude. Of uh, Black Panther. Yeah, Black Creed, Panther. Creed's, okay, yeah. Creed's 1 and 2. Previous Creed's. <laughs> uh, he's back as Adonis Creed. Uh, and, and he's directing the movie. He mm-hmm. made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Ryan Coogler. Made the first one. Oh Christ! I should have looked this up. Yeah, uh, I don't remember who directed Rise one of the Beasts. What's Rise uh, of the Transformers Beasts? Rise of the Beasts. Oh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Stephen oh. Cappell Jr. Starring uh, number Kids two. Choice Award Lifetime Achievement Award winner Optimus Prime. Is he in yes, this one? He's, uh, yeah, that's this is <laughs> that's what I guess that's it's a bit of, that's, it's a little chicanery with the the Nickelodeon that's, Kids Choice yeah, Awards because Paramount, Paramount. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Optimus Prime. Okay, look, we'll we, we we don't cast aspersions, but uh. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan made this movie. He stepped up and did the thing. I, I, Michael B. Jordan did the thing. He did the thing. He did the thing. Uh, I was underestimating him, and I shouldn't have, because I guess I thought, oh, this happens a lot with actors on TV shows, where oh, hey, yeah. it's season six, you want to make a, you want to direct one of the episodes? Yeah. Sure, you you go direct one, because mm-hmm. we kind of know how they're all made, and you can talk to the actors, and sure. you'll, get to, you'll get that that's how the people cut their teeth. Yeah. Um, and I thought Michael B. Jordan at this point, it's like you're shepherding what Coogler did and Stephen Kaplan Jr. kept going with and, and you'll just like shoot the shit and make another Creed movie. Uh, and what really surprised me here is I think Michael B. Jordan made his own mm-hmm. Creed movie, or at least he brought a lot of investment to making Creed three. It's exciting. Um, now the first question I have for you, Katie is, a number of people, after I saw this movie, asked me, including people like kind of involved with the movie, not to blow up anyone's spot. But <laughs> Michael B. Jordan asked you? Like, I will not. I'm not going to say. But um, people were like, Rocky is not in this movie. Yeah. Rocky was a big part of Creed. Yeah. You know, he's going to become the mentor figure and he's going to help Creed's son become a new boxer. And then he's still around in two. And I, you know, two is a foggy memory. I never saw me. two. I, a lot of people think Rocky dies in the movies. He does not die of cancer, <laughs> even though that's like a plot line in the first movie. He's still around and kicking in the second one. In this movie, he is. this is not a Rocky movie. Rocky is not part of the fabric of Creed 3 at all. I think there's maybe a poster in the wall of the gym that Adonis Creed has established since they the events of, of 2. They reference him boxing. They, they reference a Rocky yeah. match at some point. But he, you know, Stallone is not showing up. The specter of Rocky is not well, Stallone, haunting this picture. Stallone is feuding with the producer. Yeah, there's a whole, there's a lot of drama. The rights owner of Rocky, my understanding is that early in his career, Stallone had sold the rights to Rocky, and that was a big mistake. Like, sure, this is his character, and he wants this guy to give him back, and like the character can never die. I don't know. There's just like a whole. <laughs> Economic but Sloan is still credited as a producer on this movie. Like he still has some. I think he has to be. He still has a stake in it, but he doesn't own yeah. it. Like, so he does he, not own. So Sloan's making money off of Creed Three. Oh, almost definitely. Okay. Okay. So uh, he's not like, but totally. But the cut point out of here it. is, he's he's just not in it. Yeah, like, yeah. 
people were asking me like, oh, did you did you miss the presence of Rocky in Creed three? And I was like, not at all. No, not, not at, all. at all. Because this movie is fully about Creed coming to his own, having a family, getting out of the game, and then having his past haunt him. Like this is an insular story about Adonis Creed and this new character played by Jonathan Majors, Damien Diamond Dame Anderson. They were they were childhood friends and something happened and we can talk about how what happens and, and how much to spoil here, but like something happens that sends him away to jail and, and he when he gets out he comes knocking on Creed's door and being like, Give me my shot. I was gonna be a star boxer and and it all got taken away from me. Uh, mostly to save your ass, give me my shot. Um, and you have these really intertwined stories blowing up, and they're both boxers, and of course, at some point, they have to box. Um, Katie, yeah. what, did you, what did you make of this very melodramatic, familial story? It's dramatic. I don't know if it's melodramatic. No, I think it's melodramatic, yeah, and so? that, I'm not using that word as a pejorative no, at I all. I mean, this, uh, well, what I was really going to ask is, a lot of people have been citing the anime influences well, in this movie, I mean, and I just want to know what you know, we'll your favorite there. shonen <laughs> anime are, and uh, if you saw My Hero Academia in this, Naruto, uh, where, where, what were you seeing? I had this, heard the people the say the there were anime influences in it, so that I, because otherwise I'd have been like, wow, that's just a very visually inventive fight scene at the end of this movie. Um, so thank you for telling me that it, anime did it first, which I feel like is often the case right like so uh, often when yeah, something I mean, is we new and exciting it's like oh it was in the matrix yeah yeah exactly um i had a great time in creed 3 uh i love jonathan majors i've been like i've liked him in everything he's ever been in even if like i didn't always love the movie like quantumania uh, uh, I didn't see Quantumania. <laughs> That's oh. my so my you've loved everything you've seen. That's the important uh, part. Yeah, I mean, in Loki, in Heart of They Fall, in yeah. Five Bloods, Lovecraft Country, like you know, he's he's really built up a body of work here. And I like I think I've probably said this before. Like, you never know what he is going to do on screen. Like his he has these characters that can just like range so widely, and it's not like he's like going all over the place. It's just like he makes unexpected choices constantly. And I think that's really key for this character, Dame, who, like, is sort of the bad guy and sort of not. And I think the nuance in this story is really key to it. And it it makes it kind of odd as a sports movie. And maybe we can talk about that as we get into the ending. Um, but it, they present it as a two-hander. Like, you, when you get to the training montage, you're watching Adonis train and you're watching Dame train. Like, it is, they are side by side. Um, and I didn't, and I know that, like, in Creed 2, like, Drago's son is kind of a sympathetic villainish character as well my memory in creed one is that the guy who he's boxing he just kind of sucks and you don't really want him to no win clue. um but it's about his relationship and it's about adonis like grappling with his past and about his success and like being super rich and not really knowing how to like relate to his old friend in that way there's there's just so much detail in those relationships and michael b jordan and jonathan majors are incredible actors it is amazing to watch them in a scene together they are both like ridiculously compelling doing absolutely nothing. And Michael B. Jordan has this like softness to his face, you know, and I think part of that's like having seen him as a child actor on the wire and Friday night lights. Like he has this like puppy, you want to protect him quality that he can do in his face. And so when he like hardens himself up doing the boxing, like watching that contrast there is really fascinating. Um, you know, I think this, the story is like fine and good for a sports movie i think the nuance is what sends it along because otherwise it kind of like kind of like moves i think it's kind of short like it's under two hours right which is you know feels yes. like for a movie this size is kind of short these days um Blessing. but like we were saying with the anime like 
the visual style and the visual storytelling and the way that like all of these details from Adonis's past, like there's not a flashback sequence. It's just like little things sprinkled in throughout it. There's so much confidence in the visuals of this movie that Michael B. Jordan is bringing as a director that, you know, as much as I like him as an actor, I spent the whole time thinking like, holy cow, he's a great director. I was so impressed. Yeah. So to set it up a little bit, if people haven't seen it, like, the beginning of this movie is Creed is old now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was he's feeling in his really early thirties. Oh, you're past your prime, Creed. Hang up your gloves, thirty year old. I was like, oh boy. Um, yeah, and he's he's done. He's not boxing. We get to see his final match, and he's started a gym. He has a family, cute little kid. He lives in a big mansion. There's a lot of time just spent walking around his gorgeous mansion. Oh my god, his house. I, I appreciate oh my god. that too. I love <laughs> his house. Give me your architectural digest <laughs> that, walk through. That clear Creed. floor where like where Jonathan Majors comes over for dinner and he's like, ah, oh, clear floor home. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I would do if I had oh, walked into folks. that house. It was gorgeous. And, oh. uh, Tessa Thompson as his wife, Bianca, she is making music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has also gone through her own arc across these movies because she's lost her hearing. Mm-hmm. She's really out of the performance game and and writing songs, and she's successful in her own right. I'm sure she's mm-hmm. paying for half that mansion. She's got some gold records. Single. She's basically like writing Beyonce songs, essentially. It mm-hmm. seems like her gig. Um, and I found, I've seen people criticize this movie for kind of being slow in the beginning. I like that it takes its time. I like that we're picking up with the family and just yeah. kind of like seeing what's what. We don't really get to the boxing until the last third, when Creed is picking his gloves back up, and he has to do a a training montage yeah, it takes and a drag while. an airplane around and be very strong. <laughs> um, but like, it's really just about uh, generational friction and the loss that he has experienced, not just with his father, that's the other movies, but like with his friends and mm-hmm. what's uncovered throughout the movie. You know, maybe Felicia Rashad as his mom is, has not been giving him everything he needed emotionally. I've seen a number of, of of black men and friends talking about like, oh, this is a movie that's getting to the heart of of black masculinity. I feel huh. like there's been a lot of conversations about and I'm not one to speak to this, but I've 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 heard those conversations happen about just like black men and, and coming forward and being emotional. And this movie is very confrontational of that too. I, I like that this movie is less about fighting than it is can Creed tell his wife how he feels inside? Mm-hmm. Um, and he and, can't. And can Creed and Dame admit to each Be other honest. that they like they were just children in a system that took advantage of them? That like it was nobody's fault what happened to them right. in their past. And like that's what's so striking about that final boxing sequence where it becomes so emotional because of all of this like visual inventiveness he's bringing to it. And it makes it about a therapy session more than who wins a yeah. boxing match. And in true Dragon Ball Z style, I mean, not to get way ahead, but like you can fight someone who's also your friend in the end. And um, and, and the relationships can be just as important when you're blowing each other away uh, as as the punches. Yeah, I think that's what's really and that's where the melodrama comes from. It's like, is my entire life at, at stake? Is my friend uh, like it's about friendship? Mm-hmm. This is I wouldn't quite say it's RRR level bro broship here, but. Um, these guys were tight and then they weren't. And yeah. what does it happen? What happens when they butt heads and like one of them wants to be a champion and the other one doesn't know if that's possible, but feels like he owes them the whole world. Like it just, 
it's really swinging the rafters in terms of the emotional side of it. It's not just an underdog story. It's not just about can he win the fight. It's about mm-hmm. can he keep his friend. And I that tugged on my heartstrings. I I feel like Michael B. Jordan successfully navigated making a movie about pals. And just like a complicated story, like so much more complicated than it really needed to be. Because there's so many ways to be like someone from his past who knows something. Like, I think there's like some, the way that Dame gets his way into the fight, like what's kind of revealed about the choices that he's made is kind of like an easier way to like set up, set him up as, as a villain for a while. But it's like not a problem. Like for the most part, you're really seeing him as a person. If anything, I felt like a lot of the movie, I was like, do I just like feel for him because I love Jonathan Major so much? Or is like, does the movie really want me to kind of like want them to just hug it out the whole time and not have to fight? Maybe that's just me not being a boxing fan. I will say Majors is doing a thing that I was thinking. I was thinking of like Barry Keoghan uh-huh. while watching it. I was thinking a little Heath Ledger Joker. Huh. He's just got this kind of like mumbly weirdo uh-huh. demeanor going on where I'm like, I don't think you're evil there's no evil in this movie even when he yeah when when jonathan majors character diamond becomes pig-headed yeah it does inflated. his heel turn uh he's not evil and he's just a weird cat and then he's mm-hmm. been fucked up by life and by jail time mm-hmm. and and by protecting creed and again like everyone's a good guy is an interesting way to, to cast this movie as opposed to Oh, you're fighting Russia or something. <laughs> also, I, I do like, I mean, this is a little bit of a spoiler, so jump ahead if you feel like uh, characters who pop up uh, would spoil something for you. But I, I like that Victor Drago comes back and he's like, I'm going to help train you, Creed. Like, I was the guy who fought you in two, but now I'm going to help you. Well, doesn't like, the guy he fights in one also come back? Don't you see him for a second? God, I don't. I just don't remember. It was like a, like a like cocky British guy. I haven't seen Creed in a long time. Seems very, very possible. Um, but yeah, the move, the movie is just all pals palling around. I know when when Polygon talked to Michael B. Jordan about the fighting and the anime, he's a Naruto guy. I am not a Naruto guy, so I don't even know what that means. I wish you could tell me what Naruto is. Of, I don't know. I can't even begin. I'm not going <laughs> to unpack that for you. You're going to have to Wikipedia I'll just Naruto. Google it myself. The fact that there are two different shows and like a thousand episodes, it's not one, it's not one piece, Katie, which you're going to have to learn because that's a Netflix show soon. Um, oh, OK. It's not not Cowboy Bebop, but um, yeah, the Naruto aspect. I do think Dragon Ball Z is, is a, still a touchstone for him again, because it's just like all these people floating you through your life. You kind of snowball them into your onto your side. Eventually, you might fight them, but they will still be friends because everyone understands the situation of boxing. It's mm-hmm. so grisly. I do. Oh what, what did you make of the the fights themselves? Can you believe he takes his kid? We know fake. to like let him watch. Like not. Well, not you took like, your kid to Titanic. Yeah, but I'm not in it. Like I'm not in mortal danger in Titanic. It's the idea true, of like true. your kid watching you. You could get getting punched. You don't get punched in the face. You could, get, you could die in the ring. Like <laughs> it's really visceral and she's like sitting there watching in the front i was just like that is not the choice i would make but i'm not a, a boxer they do ask her they do the tessa thompson does shepherd her out yes yeah that's in the like, when the it's getting but, too bloody. but not when not when adonis is boxing which is uh interesting um no the the boxing scenes are so 
great and like kinetic and like in any great sports movie, you like even if you don't know a thing about the sport, you're like, no, I get it. Like, I understand how this works, um, which is not easy to explain, even with boxing, which you think would just be like people punching each other. Um, like, rant, you know, the the midway fight where it's Dame versus the world champion, like you kind of sense from the very beginning, like this isn't going to go well and you don't know how. Um, just like being able to set up all of that and make it so clear with the stakes and the the meaning of the fight. It's it's great. They're, all the boxing scenes are great. And I and I think it's perfectly cast. I mean, a lot of it is holdovers from the previous movies, but Wood Harris. I was a big fan of Wood Harris. Oh my god, yeah. he's so great. Man, he's really funny. Uh, wait, did really... you watch The Wire? I know. I still have not watched he's, The Wire. He's uh, he's really major in the first season okay. of The Wire, which is the one that Michael B. Jordan is in. Um, and I won't oh. I won't spoil for you how it pans out for them, but it is there's something very lovely about seeing them back together. He is really funny in the movie, but he's also. You know, he's the one who can push against Creed, who wants to give Diamond uh, his space in the gym, mm-hmm. and it's and it's gonna hurt people if he continues to help his pal. And I don't know, there's a lot at stake, mm-hmm. but like hurt people's lives, not the whole fate of the world or something. Yeah, uh, which we will probably see in many sequels over the next few months. But like, this is just about: will this man die in the ring, or will this man? ruin the gym that he's built or that's like, helping other people this man like deal with the trauma of his past like you know from my therapist friends would be all about this and everything it's uncovering <laughs> three, but in, three yeah well so okay so here's my thing that i want to you know maybe get into spoilers a little Please, bit spoilers we're banging the gong we're punching the gong i think the nuance of the movie is a huge uh, benefit as i was saying but the thing that i remember about creed one um which as i said i haven't seen in a while is the like one of the most like thrilling visceral moments I've had in a movie in the last 10 years is in the big final fight sequence where he's like down and the Rocky theme like comes back up and he gets mm. himself back up and you're just like, ah, I want him to win this fight so bad. And like, it's not really about him winning. It's about the like, I'm so on his side. And in that final fight scene, you don't get that. Like even when Adonis wins, like there's the music is playing in a way where you're supposed to be like, yeah, he wins. But the whole time I'm like, but I'm worried about Dame. Like, I really want them to like reconnect. That's I, why the powerful scene of the movie weirdly is not the fight. Is them in the For locker me, room. It's them after in the locker room where they're like, we're still brothers. We're yeah. still friends forever. It's like, I defeated you. It's also absurd that uh, Creed wins. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that he should not. Majors is so powerful, and, um, and it's like, how did you come back and, and do this? Whatever. The, he's but, old. Didn't you hear that Michael B. Jordan is too old? I've, he's so old. Uh, I mean, I think by kind of undermining the final fight, it's not an underdog story. It's not the crowd raging and, and like him picking himself off the ground and the and the and that the Rocky theme again, like the Rocky theme. There's no nostalgia empowering this moment, there's no Rocky there's no theme sports in this movie entire history. movie. And, like, they I don't know, use and I think that's a good... I think that would piss off a lot of, like, Gen X Rocky fans who just so. want another Rocky movie. But by not having that and by doing the anime thing, in quotes, whatever, just remove that. But, like, getting rid of the audience and going into the void and just being with your opponent who is, the like, the most important person in your youth... Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's powerful. No, it's it has super... nothing to do with the fight. It just has to do with like theatrical yeah. drama. And then the coda is what where they both pick themselves off the ground. Like 
the, the locker room stuff I thought was really yeah. important. And I wanted them to just like make plans to have dinner or something. Like not like have to be like best friends again. I just like wanted it <laughs> to go a text. little bit further. They have to start texting. Well, and, and, and I've back. seen like um, you know people who know the Rocky movies better than me being like, yeah, well in the fourth one, Dame turns face and they have to team up to fight a new villain. I'm like, yeah, great. I, I, you know, I'm right there to watch that movie. I hope it goes now full RR where Jonathan Majors <laughs> has to sit on Creed's shoulders and they fight as like a giant man in a I trench can't believe coat. I didn't uh, think about RRR while I was watching this movie. Um, no, and like the filmmaking of that final sequence is what gives you the thrill. That's that's exactly right. I just like, I want I want a movie to like throw my hands up and cheer. Like I saw it with like a pretty big crowd. Like I haven't seen a movie with well, a big crowd in a while. One. And like it was very quiet. Like everyone was into it, but there was no moment where you're just like, yeah, do it for your mom, which like is yeah, what is I remember from Creed. A lot of golf clapping. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, not clapping. even that. It was just a lot of like everyone being like locked in. But like there, there isn't really a cheer moment. I don't think the movie's asking you to do that, which is a really interesting choice for a Rocky movie. It is a drama, not a sports action. Uh, but it is the highest opening for a sports action movie. And uh, don't let the studio take that away. Good job, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Excited to see what you do next. I am. Do you want him to make another Creed movie, or do you want him to do something else? I don't. I mean, if there's another Creed movie to make, if they, I, out a good they're probably story, gonna, they're gonna like, try. Sure, sure, do it. I mean, I feel like he'll make a live action anime now. That's that's. Uh, I could see him going to like Robotech. You love Robotech. I have no idea. Wait, like, why not have him just make another well, movie loved, that's inspired by anime? You loved the third poster I... in, in Creed's room, didn't you? You loved uh, the the Gunpla uh, models in Creed, young Creed's room in the beginning well, of the movie. Why not just you, have him you, make you shouted out a Easter egg when that different happened, right? movie? I did. I did, like, elbowed my friend being like, there's the anime. Um, hey, that's anime. I just, I mean, he can make whatever he wants, obviously. So I hope he, you know, whatever it is that he feels strongly about it, because he's got the world at his feet more so than he did already as like a very popular and talented actor. Now he just literally has everything. That's what Creed Four will be about: having even more everything than you thought you did, and how you deal with that. He already had a lot. I know. Movie, well, so, so did Adonis Creed. Home. Oh God, that house is so great. That bar in their basement. <sighs> I know the movie beautiful. is about how like getting rich doesn't solve all your problems, but like I just feel like if I had that house, it would solve all my problems. I know. I know. Yeah, we had the right takeaways from Creed Three <laughs> in theaters now. <laughs> Uh, that does it for this week's show. Next week, I will not be here because I will be flying back home from the Oscars. Uh, and so, Patches, if it's just you, you're not allowed to cancel the show, but I'm assuming one Dave or two will be able to join you. Or maybe Jordan Hoffman because we're still getting tweets about his bathroom habits. We'll see how the wiping is going. <laughs> um, in the meantime, tell the people who you are. I am Matt Patches, deputy editor over at Polygon. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches when it's not broken. And I'm on Letterboxd, Mr. Patches. Uh, we have a website, findinginthewarroom.com. You can listen to all the old episodes. I bet we reviewed a Creed. I'm not sure we reviewed a, reviewed a Creed 2. I don't have a very clear memory of that. But, <sighs> did Creed 2, uh, when did Creed 2 come out? Between Creed and Creed 3, I would imagine. <laughs> anyway, findinginthewarroom.com. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I was on maternity leave. When, yeah, I was just about to have a baby when Creed 2 came out. That probably has something to do with it. Um, I am Katie Rich. You can find me at Vanity Fair, where we're hosting a party this week. You're probably going to read about. Am I invited? No. 
I mean, I'm not oh. technically invited. I just get like a working press badge. Uh, but I'll, who is invited? Uh, I'll you be know there. Who's invited this uh, year? Who's coming? Uh, usually, if you win an Oscar, if you win an Oscar, the rules you can come. Like even if you weren't invited ahead of time, like if you're an original, if you're a sound design winner and you have an Oscar, oh cool, you get to come. It's a great time. They're the ones who have the most fun. At the end of the night, like it's always the like Dune visual effects team who are like hanging on to the last minute, and it's a blast. Um, I should promote though. There's a, we're doing a live stream from the Oscar party that I will be on um, with Mike Hogan and Franklin Leonard, the founder of the Blacklist. Uh, it starts at uh, midnight Eastern time, so passes you'll be awake then, obviously, uh, to <laughs> watch it live. Um, if you are a night owl or on the Pacific uh, time zone, uh, watch it. Go to vf.com and you'll be able to find it. It'll be right there. Uh, I hope I do a good job. We'll see. <sighs> All this practice talking into you a will. microphone has, le has led me to this moment. Um, anyway, you can follow me on Twitter uh, when it's not broken at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. We're all on Twitter at F-I-T-W-R, um, where you can remind us what happened in Creed 2, <laughs> because we don't we don't remember, and it doesn't matter oh, anymore, because no. Creed 3 is so good. Uh, or you can answer this week's lightning round question, Matt Patches, what was it? In honor of 65, what's a quality not Jurassic Park moment of cinematic dinosaur mayhem? Thanks for listening, and some of us will be back talking to you next week. Bum, 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 bum. No, I'm done. I'm done. We're done.